Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm excited to have Gabe Henderson and Tatum Everett. I mean, if you know anything about the Vikings, you know about them. If you don't, you've been under a rock and not paying attention to this 13-4 and Minnesota Vikings team this season, but I'm excited to have them join us today. We're going to have a, a super show to kind of end the season. we got Sam Ekstrom, myself, Tatum Everett, Gabe Henderson, and we have to talk about something they call I think everybody's eye and that was the Super Bowl performance. We're going to talk a little bit of Super Bowl performance. We're also going to talk about contracts because money rules everything around me. Green dollar dollar bill y'all coming up next. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson show on the field in the broadcast booth. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I just want you to know, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. And we know it only matters when there's money on the line, because watching the Super Bowl is fun. But when you have that parlay out there, when, when Travis Kelsey scored, when Jalen Hurts scored, I know everybody was getting more excited just like I was. But I want you guys to remember that. But we're gonna we're gonna bring Gabe Henderson and Tatum Everett into the show with Sam Ekstrom, and I just want you guys to know we are going to hit on a lot of fun topics. We're gonna talk about some serious topics, and then we're gonna get some Super Bowl takes as well. Um, history was made. It was a fun game, but the season's over now. The lights are dim. What's next for the Minnesota Vikings? I also want you guys to know Amazon Fire and Roku, just go to your TV, the Amazon Fire app or the Roku, whichever TV you have, just go to your apps, search Locked On Sports Minnesota, download, you'll get all the videos, all the shows right there in your TV. Well, hey, everybody, you guys, there's Tatum Everett, Gabe Henderson, and Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. It's going to be a fun power pack show all show long with the four of us. I'm going to jump out there right away. Tatum, Super Bowl. What were your thoughts? I, I thought it was a great game. I had a ton of fun watching it. Went to a Super Bowl party, which I thought was really neat. Got to watch everyone else gamble and get really <laughs> high and low with all of the with all of the plays. I think um, the Super Bowl squares was a very very hot discussion at this uh, at this party because I uh, I think it's pretty funny when you can like you said earlier when you get to gamble a little money on it. But uh, no, I I thought it was I thought it was a really great game. I think you know we always joke around the NFL always wins, and I definitely think the NFL won with that game, down to the wire. Um, happy for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I was actually kind of going for the Eagles. I really like a lot of the guys on there. They helped carry my fantasy team to success, so I was kind of rooting for those guys. But I do, uh, yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, sucks Minnesota wasn't in it, but um, you know you got you got a dream. Yeah, true. It sucks Minnesota wasn't in it. It sucks <laughs> that the Eagles look like they're going to be good for the next couple of years. So yeah. got to figure out a way to take this and knock the Giants down. Gabe, your Super Bowl thoughts? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good game. Uh, like Tatum said, I, I I pretty much chilled out. Like I, I had a got, I had got invited to a couple of parties, but I was like, you know what? Like I think I'm gonna just chill at the crib today. Like not not be bothered. Got a big day on Monday, so 
uh, just from the game per se, I thought the Eagles were going to win. I thought they were literally um, like one play away from blowing the entire game out. And then Jalen Hurts fumble, and then the game pretty much changes from there. Andy Reid, I mean, I guess we can say he's arguably the best coach or I guess second best coach in NFL history based off of that second half performance. But it was entertaining uh, from start to finish. Um, I went to the dentist's office yesterday, and um, my dentist was like, hey, did you watch the game yesterday? And I was like, yeah, of course. And so she was like, yeah, this is the only game I watch per year. And I think next year I may watch two games just because of how good last night's game was. So uh, the power of the Super Bowl in the NFL, like, I, like we all get it, but I think yesterday's game, well, Sunday's game kind of put it all into perspective. And Sam, for you, I mean, I know we already talked about the game. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but something just came up, and I want you guys to give me your thoughts on this. Rihanna? I think it was 118 million people tuned in to watch Rihanna, but only 113 million people watched the game. Like what in the world? Like, so there's literally 5 million people out there to just turned it on. Okay. I know Rihanna's performing. All right, good. I'm gonna go back to doing whatever I was doing. Sam, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, cause I've seen yeah. some tweets about boring halftime shows and nothing against certain culture, certain music, but there's just certain performers that, you know, it's just music you want to hear in a bar when you're drinking with your friends, but you don't pretty much want to bop to it. And Rihanna's one of those people that you want to bop to. Uh, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, they said that one was huge. And, of course, it was nostalgic. I think, like, a Nelly Ludacris would do the same because it's going to be nostalgic. Uh, Lou Uzi Vert, uh, you need to stay to the side. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear, you know, mumble rap for, for 13 minutes. And so, Sam, when you look at that, though, the, the power of Riri, uh, do you think the NFL is going to take notice of that? Yeah, I, I think the NFL for a while, they've kind of gone with these medleys almost where they bring in like a lot of different people and they all kind of have their couple minutes. And But I thought it was powerful that it was just one person. It was Rihanna, all red, and she dominated it. She yeah. owned it. She was up on a platform 100 feet above the field. I thought she was just super iconic in that moment. Um, and I will say, small sample size, of the four-person viewing party in my home, the no, never were the four people more engaged at once listening to the TV than in that moment. And even my two kids were captivated. They probably, maybe a little too young to be watching that, to be honest. I, I might regret that later on, but um, they were pretty fired up as well. So it was, uh, I thought she really captured the audience. I totally get why the casuals would be drawn to that. Um, such a big name who kind of spans a couple different generations now that she's been in the game for a you know couple decades. I will say I've never uh, been more conscious of how much Rihanna like grabs her crotch and how sexual her songs are <laughs> to you watching it with your 11 year old daughter. And I'm just like, and all my daughter kept saying, like I could hear over there saying to her mom, like, why is dad making that face? And that face was just kind of like a grimace, like, oh, did she really just, like, come on, Rihanna? Like, but yeah, I mean, I get it, because when you're watching it, you're like, oh, cool, whatever. But then when you have your daughter there, you're like, oh, did she just say that? Like, ah, oh, Riri. But, you know, so I, I get what you're saying, Sam. Yeah, it's it's one of those, I think, you know what? And, and this is the one thing about kids and women. At the end of the day, Rihanna's a woman. I have daughters. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's the anatomy. So I think they figured it out. They're like, yep, that's just what Riri does. She's a performer and singer. So I'm going to move on from that. I just, like, I, I, mean, and I, I, I defer yeah, to my wife, though. cut in, though. The, yeah. Uh, it, it is kind of funny how many times men do it, and we don't talk about it or make it a comment. Grab their crotch or this music? Or... Grab their crotch or the music? The crotch. 
the crotch. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Never yeah. thought I was going to uh, say that yeah. word today, but yes. <laughs> True, Marshawn. Yeah. See, but when I feel like I mean, when you, so Justin time. Justin Timberlake, we we do know. Like I would love to see him and Janet Jackson come back. Somebody bought that one up. Like they should let Janet get a reprieve and her and Justin start over again. I'd love to see that. Um, I like for for me and maybe because I'm a man and I just think men grabbing their crotch is like more funny than anything and it's more like readjustment. Um, <laughs> like I just like unless you're Drake, I guess Drake and Chris Brown kind of do it to be sexual. But, you know, for some men, it's just like 50, you know, like they're just doing it because they, that's, that's, I don't know. Like, that's what we did. So I, I never, but maybe, but I'm not a woman. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I guess I wouldn't notice that before a man. And again, that's why I kind of deferred to my wife. My wife didn't really move an inch or say anything. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to like, she's, she's got this with the girls. Like she has the conversations and she does the stuff. So I'm like, Hey, it's you, you do your thing. I'm going to just sit here and watch, watch Riri, um, but she did bring up the whole fact of pregnant because she was like, I didn't want to say anything about her being pregnant because I don't want the girls to look at women who might not be like in perfect shape and always just assume they're pregnant, you know, whether it's postpartum or whatever it might be. Yeah. So we didn't bring that up until after. But then Cam kind of like and I was like, well, she had a baby and she's like, oh, she married. I'm like, well, she's engaged, you know, because my daughter like she's, you know, she's trying to figure that out. Like, you know, well, can you have babies if you're not married? You know, what is that like and what's going on there? And. You know, so so it, it was an interesting kind of a night, uh, but definitely enjoyed it. Uh, well, here was a quick one for you guys. When you look at this Super Bowl and you look at two iconic quarterbacks, you look at Jalen or Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. So I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I was thinking Jalen Suggs, but Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes. You look at two iconic quarterbacks and you look at how they like. Like Patrick Mahomes today, I heard him on the radio and he said, you know, at no point being 10 points down, do we ever feel like we were out of this game because our game plan was just solid. Like Andy Reid had them mentally like we can score at any moment. I transition this to Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell's offense year two. Do you think there will be a time? Because I felt like, you know, as these games got better throughout the year, it felt like Kirk was that guy. Like, you know what? At any point, Kevin O'Connell's offense can get them back in these games. Do you think Kirk could ever stand up on the stage like the Super Bowl? Because we know primetime Kirk jokes and all this. Do you think that he could withstand all of that now having a, a mental guru like Kevin O'Connell to help him out uh, in possibly Super Bowl 58? I'll go with you, Gabe. I, I would hope so. Um, I do think Kirk needs to add the, the running element to his game. Like Pat Mahomes on one, one ankle was extending plays. The the yeah. game changing play was his two runs on third down that pretty much put the Eagle put the uh Chiefs in a scoring position. So I, I do think that's something that Kevin O'Connell probably needs to emphasize on Kirk a little bit more and basically say, hey Kirk, remember that play? Uh I think week six against the Arizona Cardinals where you know it was you kind of made a play out of no play and you turned it into a touchdown with your legs. Like we, we need a little bit of, of that a little bit more in 2023. So I think that's the the only thing Kirk is missing. And that that definitely is something, in my opinion, that I believe Kevin O'Connell was going to tell Kirk this year. If you rewind back to 2017, when uh, Kevin O'Connell was Kirk's OC in Washington, that was Kirk's most rushing yards of his career. I think he had like 170, like somewhere around that range. And I mean, for, for people who's followed Kirk, one, 170 rushing yards is a lot. Like that's, that's an 1,000-yard season for Kirk. So if he can, you know, boost that to 200 or 250, and uh, year number two with Kevin O'Connell, I can see that happening. Uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings at least contending for a Super Bowl because of Kirk and his legs. Yeah, and Tatum, do you think Kirk Cousins can overcome primetime Kirk jokes uh, to actually be in a Super Bowl and 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 hold on to it like that? Yeah, I think that's the hope, right? I 
It's funny because watching that, I, I agree with Gabe 100% because there was one play where the blitz was just right in Patrick Mahomes' face and he was able to just go right around. It was like such a natural movement. There was no thought to it. It was just part of his game. And I turned I turned to my fiance and I was like, yeah, Kirk wouldn't have gotten out of that jam. You know, like nothing mm-hmm. against Kirk. It just wasn't, that's not something like he would have had the sack. It would have been on to the next play. And um. It, so, so for me, yes, but it's also, I think, I wish we could have seen what this particular offensive makeup, because obviously it's going to change moving forward, nature of the business, would have done if the defense this season was just a step up better. I know you, when you came on the podcast, Ron, you were, uh, I, actually, I think on the show, you were like, if they could just get the defense to like 18, 19th in the league, like what could that have done yeah. to this team because this offense can score? I don't know if it's so much like we he needs to run a ton. I just think that this offense needs to be playing into what they do best and just have a better defensive outing so it's not just on their shoulders. They don't have to always play catch up. And uh, I think that's also like the personification of what these two quarterbacks and these two offenses um, hang their hat on are these coaches who have figured out how to make those quarterbacks work so well in their systems and not so much square peg round hole, but like, Hey, these guys have these special talents. Let's build around that instead of maybe the opposite. So without the legs of Kirk, I do think that, you know, maybe it's more building around that, but being more mobile obviously does pay off as you can see. You think about that with Kirk, uh, Sam, and you think about the mental capacity of of what Patrick Mahomes has. You know, he talked about his dad being able to lean on that. Jalen Hurts uh, talked about you know leaning on his dad as well, and, and and the lessons and the overcome. Like I love the beginning of the of the Super Bowl where Jalen Hurts has said, uh, "Bear, I had to break barriers. I had to no, I had to deal with uh, breaking or dealing with walls in front of me." And it was a two attack of Iowa getting put in the game and Jalen Hurts having to come out the game, and it was a fake Nick Saban kind of pushing attack of Iowa onto the field, and it's like. We forgot about that. Like, we forgot that he could have folded. Like, he could have gave up. So when you think about that mental, kind of how Kirk now said he feels better. He feels like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, he just, he said he felt better. Like, he just felt like he understood the offense and everything. Do you think that's going to help Kirk long-term now, uh, possibly winning the Super Bowl? Because we talked about the outlier quarterbacks. There's always that core. And I think it's going to be Mahomes, Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, Burrow. Like, those are going to be the core four. They're going to be like the Brady, Roethlisberger, Peyton Mannings. Uh, where they're going to constantly always be in those championships. But can Kirk become like a Nick Foles or a Carson Wentz who kind of just gets that lightning in the bottle or the Joe Flacco? Like, can Kirk do that, Sam? So my realistic view of Kirk Cousins is that he is never going to win games for you with his legs like a Mahomes or a Hurts. I think he can bail you out of a play or two, as he did at times last year. Um, But that's not going to be why you win. I think the Vikings actually left a lot of meat on the bone offensively last year. I think they can have fewer three and outs. They can extend drives longer. I think the running game can be a lot better. And I think the pass protection can be a lot better. And above all, I think the play sequencing can be a lot better. Like, I think there's actually room for running game, coaching, blocking. Um, All of that, I think, can improve around Kirk Cousins next year. Kirk Cousins is the one who has a greater track record. He kind of is who he is. He's getting older. He's in his mid-30s. And I think he had a very nice year last year. And I thought he played with a quieter mind. I thought that as the wins came down the pipeline, I thought Kirk really relaxed. I think that he's always had a very pragmatic view of why he gets criticized. He says, well, I get it. I'm a 500 quarterback. That's why people want to win. 
And last year he won and people loved him, even though his mm-hmm. stats weren't spectacular. I think that if you improve this stuff around Kirk, so that's blocking, rushing, coaching, defense, I think all of that can enhance what Kirk Cousins is. <laughs> that sounds like the spice. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Janelle Monet, the singer, and then Spice Adams uh, just did like a little Instagram video together because Jan- Jan- Janelle Monet is playing in the, the uh, NBA All Star right? game. Yeah, she's playing in the NBA All Star game. Uh, the singer, and she she's trying to learn basketball. So she said she had to reach out to Kareem Biggums, which is Spice Adams. Your your take right there it sounded like Spice when he told Janelle Monae what she needs to work on. He was like, you know, rebounding, passing, shooting, dribbling, uh, transition defense, uh, just defense in general, uh, transition offense, uh, the three pointer, uh, the pass, the pick, uh, the roll. Like I'm like, dude, like <laughs> Sam's like Kirk Cousins has everything. To, I mean, the deep the offense needs to work on everything. The defense needs to work on everything. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> We'll get it going. Uh, but I do agree. I do agree because we're going to talk about this next coming up. The Vikings, what Sam just said, the Vikings are going to do. Why? They hired a game by the, a guy by the name of Brian Flores. Flo, as the world calls him. He is now the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. We're seeing Shane Steichen go be a head coach for the Colts. Brian Flores turned a lot of those opportunities down for a chance to come in with Kevin O'Connell, hone his skills as the true defensive coordinator because he was just a, a defensive assistant with the Steelers. So I think he wanted to kind of get his get his appetite again, maybe two years with the Vikings before he comes a head coach because it's just not like they're going to make him a head coach. A job has to come open. Um, could be two, could be three years. But I think he has the opportunity to be a really good defensive coordinator. And all those things about fixing the Vikings defense that Sam brought up, we're going to talk about next. Talk about that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Usually it's the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment, but we're already here. So we're just going to hang out in the next segment. But I want you guys to remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a proud partner with CARE 11. Just check out care11.com backslash locked on for all of our links to all of our Locked On shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. It's FanDuel, and it's the NBA season coming down the stretch. Great time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. No sweat first bet. For new customers, get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the cool, easy-to-use FanDuel Sportsbook app and bet on everything. Money line, point scores, three points made. Hey, the T-Wolves, not only did they cover the spread last night, they hit the money line plus 240-ish at Dallas. That's a big win for those Wolves bettors. FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout as well with the same game parlay. So sign up for your no sweat first bet today. Get up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. Well, now it's time for the Hangover with Ron Johnson segment. And of course, we got Gabe Henderson, Tatum Everett, Sam Ekstrom. We're all just going to hang out some more. And we got to talk about what I just said in the, in the previous segment. Brian Flores, he's now the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. In my opinion, uh, this guy can run a 3-4. He can run a hybrid 3-4 where it has an over front, which just means you're going to cover up the center and you're going to try to make sure all the gaps are taken care of with whether linebackers are up in space or they're up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, We saw the Steelers do it a ton with TJ Watt. Brian Flores did come from the Steelers. So I look forward to seeing some type of Steelers type of defense look more nickel in the game because you can blitz that DB and get more speed off the edge as well. And then we know the Steelers love to do that. If you go way back to the Mike Tomlin with Ike Taylor and all those guys and, and, and Bryant McFadden, I mean, they've always been aggressive with their DBs as well, playing a lot of man coverage, a lot of aggressive man coverage, and the safeties just roaming the field, which you have a guy by the name of a uh, Hawkeye, I like to call him, but Harrison Smith, the, uh, the uh, silent assassin, 
Uh, but I'm going to go with you, Tatum. When you look at Brian Flores' impact, because the minute he was hired, tweets went all across the world. Like everybody tweeted out about Brian Flores and, you know, Flo, man, that's a great pickup. Man, the Vikings, you guys got you one, man. Uh, you know, I'm so happy he's the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings now, blah, blah. Only people that didn't tweet were the Miami Dolphins, but we know why. Uh, but other than that, everybody else tweeted, like, so excited for the Minnesota Vikings. So when Kevin O'Connell came, there was excitement, 13-4. and four. Now Brian Flores has come, even more excitement. What does that mean for the Minnesota Vikings organization, Tatum? I think it just extends what Kevin O'Connell has set the tone with in his first season. You know, he came in preaching culture and preaching uh, fit. They're very much players coach. They love the guys up. They tell them why they, you know, they ask those questions. And so I think the players really relate to them on that level. And you see the success in the locker room. I mean, if you've even watched one of Kevin O'Connell's you know, speeches after the game. I mean, it helps that there are 13 ones where he, they won. But if you watch those post-locker room speeches, you see the respect for him from these players, how much these guys loved each other. They talked about chemistry all season long, how much they, uh, you know, respect one another and have each other's backs. And I think that all starts with your coaching staff. I think that Brian Flores just adds to that. You know, I, I don't think this coaching staff would bring in someone who didn't make that fit. And I think that when you – it's reflected, like you said, in all of the tweets and all of the uh, excitement from everyone else, all the outsiders outside of the organization with this hire. I think it's a home <laughs> run so far, obviously. you got to wait and see what he's able to do when he's out there. But he gets in the building this week, and I'm sure it'll be right to work. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just about, like – the 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 adoration or admiration it's respect because you look at shane steichen nothing and maybe people just hate the eagles i don't see a ton of people like congratulating the coach today like it's not like oh coach you guys got the great one like good i think if brian flores had been named the coach head coach and he wanted to continue with those interviews because he turned them down and just said nope i'm mm -hmm. done i'm gonna take this job with the minnesota vikings i think the same tweets would have went out like oh man the coach got brian flores man like now that defense is really good you know like you don't see that from Shane Steichen. And, of course, maybe he's offensive coordinator, maybe a name that's not as big as Brian Flores. But, Gabe, when you think about that, the respect that people have for Brian Flores, uh, does that put the league on notice and for sure the NFC North on notice that not only is the Minnesota Vikings okay. offense scary, now their defense is possibly going to be scary? Oh, absolutely. And I think just what Brian Flores brings this team is a toughness that a lot of people were saying the Minnesota Vikings didn't have last year. Uh, Brian Flores, a, a no-nonsense type of guy, uh, grew up in a military family. Dad was a military guy, just a very strict, stern, to the point, doesn't play many games, but loves on you as a, as a coach. I think that's what this Minnesota Vikings defense uh, needed a little bit at certain points last year. Uh, I think I, I said this on our Vikings podcast last week. Um, uh, my, my college roommate played for Brian Flores, played cornerback for Brian Flores in uh, 2019 and 2020. So the first thing I said when I texted him, I was just like, yo, like, tell me about Flo. And the first thing he said is like, he's a real dude. He's going to love him on you. And he gets the best out of what he has. So whether that's the best players on the field or, you know, middle of the par players, you know, at, at given positions for this Minnesota Vikings defense, we will see Brian Flores getting the best out of those guys. And all of those guys will be running head first to the ball. And that's 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 all we we really wanted last year was just, hey, can we blitz a little bit more? Hey, can we can we you know hear pads a little bit more when 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 a running back is getting tackled and and that's where Brian Flores preaches. So I'm excited. He he's a player's coach. I think his personality and Kevin O'Connell's personality match well. So if you're other teams in the NFC North, yeah, you you definitely have to respect the Vikings just because of that.
Yeah, Sam, if you had to fix something with this Vikings defense, what does Brian Flores need to come in right away and fix? Uh, the pass defense. And, and that was his specialty for the most part in New England when he was a secondaries coach. That was one of his strengths in Miami as well was the pass defense. So I think that there's there's proof in the marriage between pass rush and coverage. If you are blitzing, if you are getting rushers to the quarterback quickly, that's going to help your coverage and vice versa. Uh, next year is a big year for the Vikings secondary because they've got Lewis seen back from injury, Andrew Booth back from injury, a Caleb Evans back from concussions. Those are three members who I think the team hopes can start for this group down the road. I think Brian Flores is a good person to usher in the new generation of the Vikings secondary. They might not have Patrick Peterson. They might not have Harrison Smith with that big contract. So there, there are going to be a lot of young new pieces. Um, but I will say this. It's going to be fun to watch him blitz the safeties, whoever it might be. If it's Harrison Smith, we're going to have to start calling him Harrison Blitz because Brian Flores in 2021 brought 196 safety blitzes in Miami. Ed Donatel last year for the Vikings, 19. Ten times fewer than you saw from Brian Flores the year before in Miami. So that's just going to be fun to watch as a football observer to see where this guy brings pressure from. Yeah, and Brian Flores was with the Patriots from 2008 to 2018. He's with the Dolphins from 2019 to 2021. And, and Sam's right. When you look at the total offense, when he inherited this Miami team's defense, they were 30th, giving up almost 400 yards a game. By the time in 2021, when he really put his thumb on it, of course, there was other crap going on, they were 15th. So, And that's what we've talked about. If the Vikings can go from 30th to 15th, they're in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Like, just go from 30th to 15th. You don't have to be the best. Just go from 30th to 15th. He's done that. You look at past yards allowed, like Sam was talking about. 262 yards allowed before he, or when he kind of really got in there. Cut it down to 16th. He went from 26th to 16th. That's 10 basis points of jumping. He got it down to almost 200 pass yards a game. 200. And when you look at a Vikings team that was giving up 400 in multiple games. 200 yards a game, and that's probably from blitz and safety. That's probably from getting after the quarterback and making him get the ball out of his hands quick and then rallying to the ball, you know, like like Gabe said, pads. I want to hear thumps. I want to hear loud noise. I mean, you know, you look at the Brian Dawkins interview with Ryan Clark. Brian Dawkins said, I cared so much about my teammates in my game that I wanted to throw my body across anything. And just the way, like, you know, these guys have to do that, it almost felt like Ed Donatel, the guys embodied him. It was kind of more laid back. It was kind of, let's play coverage. Let's let's just try to keep guys in front of us. And if you're not getting a pass rush every single time, it doesn't work. When Zadarius and, and Daniil were getting after the quarterback, no problem. But when they're not getting after the quarterback, and you look at Bradbury, and, and we know what Debo Samuel said about the uh, Eagles, that that uh, Bradbury was trash. I wouldn't go that far. That We know that's Debo just trying to be sensational. But he said that front seven and that front four specifically make these DBs good. And that's true. Darius Slay is good regardless. But he's making these guys good. When you look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you look at all these – like that pass rush makes DBs only have to cover for two seconds. Two to two and a half seconds. Like anybody can do that. Not anybody. But the great anybody <laughs> quarterbacks out there can do that. And so I think that's the key. Like you look at when the Chiefs really started – uh, Trip McDuffie and those guys start making plays because Chris Jones and, and you know he kind of got off the got off the leash and said you know what screw this I'm gonna put this in my hand <clears throat> which by the way so let's talk about a funny one real quick because we're gonna jump into the daily three in a minute got a couple more if we get to the daily three that's three questions three minutes each I don't know if you guys saw this video but Roger Goodell is hugging 
Chris Jones after the game. And somebody's mic was still on. And he said, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. And Chris Jones just kind of laughed about it, blah, blah. So clearly, is Roger Goodell, like, because who, like, because we know this rule was created. So I don't know if it was created for Brady or it's created because, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his clavicle. So you can't land on the quarterback. We know that was part of this. Uh, was this more of the owners pushing Goodell to do this? Or was this more of the NFLPA saying, hey, we need to keep our quarterback safe? Because clearly Roger Goodell is like, look, I just want to see good football. I don't really care how you guys land on the quarterback. And, and I know he's probably looking back like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. And I, I didn't realize, you know, their microphone could pick it up. I'm like, bro, you're the commissioner at the Super Bowl. You don't think everybody has a mic on you? But, Gabe, when you hear the commissioner say that stuff, like, I don't really care, which clearly means he probably doesn't care about some of these other type of hits. Uh, what do you think that's doing for the NFLPA right now? And they're like, wait, so these owners really don't care. We got to make sure we take care of our players. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, the NFLPA and the owners, they, they probably – sent them a text message and it's like, Hey, uh, Roger, give me, give me a call whenever you get a free chance. <laughs> and I, you know, he probably gave him a Your call. Number, who like, Look. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm sure Roger probably picked up and the discussion was, you know, we, we understand that you don't make any decisions. However, we, we need you to uphold our brand. Like Roger Goodell doesn't really care about, all this, like he, he's just a face, right? It's kind of right, like true. a president or, you know, a anybody, anybody in a, in a high position like that, you're, you're literally just a face and you're just kind of making sure everything goes well. And um, <laughs> you, you can't say that. Like, I, I get it. Like, I, I get it. But like, at the same time, I'm sure he got a couple of phone calls. Uh, his, uh, I'm sure he won't get fined like, like right, a player uh, would. If, if a player fight himself. That, <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, you know, I'm just take this money out of my Cancun trip this year. Um, but I, I do think he, he, uh, he didn't mean to say that in that, in that breath, but at the same time, like he, he's, I feel like he kind of proved that Roger Goodell was like the rest of us. Like, we just want to see good football. We just want to have fun. Like it's not that big of a deal, but like I get it from a safety perspective and I didn't, I didn't overthink that, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'm sure he got a couple of text messages. Tatum, what are your thoughts on that one? I just love that he's a real dude, right? Like, I like oh, yeah. you said, Gabe, I mean, he's one of us. It's nice to know he's not just kind of like the guy that issues the press statements and kind of just says that. And I think it also shows that, you know, I think you lose sight of the fact that maybe Roger Goodell does love football, loves to watch it, is around it. Because, I mean, it, it literally is his job and probably encompasses every aspect of his life. He's traveling all the time. He's obviously making a lot of money off it. So I don't feel bad for the guy, but like he's, <laughs> he, you can tell that he just loves football. And, and, I, and I, I appreciate that. I, I agree. It's, I'm sure the owners weren't really too keen on hearing that, especially owners of, you know, specific franchises. We all know have quarterbacks. that They like to make sure stay upright for their nope. own sales. So <laughs> I think, yeah, that was pretty interesting. I actually didn't, I actually didn't see that. But uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's on. It's 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 probably going to circulate a ton today because it got. I think it got somebody le- not leaked it, but it, the video yeah. got. Well, the video was just out, and then somebody mm-hmm. else like leaked like you know, I, yeah, yeah, you know, audio, and, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you know, internet is. Somebody was like, "Whoa, did he just mm-hmm. say I don't care how you hit the quarterback? Like, wait, what? Because it looks like just a celebration and a hug, and then you mm-hmm. kind of have to re-listen to the audio, and he's like, "Man, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, okay, Roger had one too many beers, and he's out here. 
I mean, he was, he was of, with Jay-Z. True. He, uh, <laughs> you know what's funny, too, though? Like, Kevin Hart. So, Kevin Hart had drank too much again. So, I think people were, like, also, like, happy that – or, like, not happy, but upset that the Eagles didn't win because they wanted to see if Kevin Hart would make another mistake like he did before and, like, get on TV, curse, you know, national TV, get thrown off the stage. You know, he tried to hold the trophy with the Eagles that year at Minnesota, like – he tried to like walk on the stage. Like, dude, you can't walk on the stage. Like the security guard was like, man, get your little self back. Like, we know who you are. You look comedian. Like, no, you're not going up on stage to hold a trophy. Like, he was wasted. Uh, but it, it, it's funny because he posted the video like taking nine shots or something. And it's like, yeah, you're you're five one or five two. You're you're you got little bitty kidneys. You can't be drinking that much. Like, you can't you can't drink like the big boy. Like, well, his his boys is like six five, six four. You got little kidneys, man. You can't be drinking. You gotta man, chill out. Take one drink and then chill, Kevin. Um, also, when is it? When are you too old to be posting yourself taking nine shots? Like, you that, like Kevin Hart years out. old. Kevin Hart years well, well, old, right? Uh, that, he didn't post question. it. He didn't post it though. So one of his okay. boys was videoing it and put a counter up, like it was like a TikTok. Like they put a counter every time he took a shot or took a drink. Yeah. And so then of course, like then they probably show him the video. He's like, all right, screw it. Let's run it. You know? Cause then the, at the end it showed him getting pushed by the security guard and like trying to get on the stage and, you know, and that's what he was saying. He's like, people, I, I, I wasn't, that wasn't me. That was the drinks, you know? But yeah, one of his friends had a counter and I think he had like, he had got up to like nine drinks and that's only a three hour span. That's a lot in three hours. That's rough. That's, that's rough. That I mean, is. we're not even talking about mixed drinks. I mean, you probably had a no. couple of mixed drinks. I mean, yeah, that's exactly that's a long that's a long next day. Like I'm to the I'm to that point in my in my life now where like when I drink, I think about the next day. Like, how am I going to feel? So yeah, that yeah. I, exactly. I, 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 I know. I didn't even yeah. drink for the Super Bowl. I was like, I don't need. To. I mean, it's just me, my wife, and kids. I'm like, I don't need to drink. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm chilling. Like, so I, was, I was I, I was hung over just from the food that I ate. I can't imagine adding nine <laughs> shots to that mix. <laughs> well, Tatum bought the Tatum made the comment the comment of keeping quarterbacks upright. One last one before we jump into the daily three. When we're talking about keeping quarterbacks upright, one quarterback is up and out. That's Tom Brady. Another quarterback, we don't know what he's doing because he's in the dark. That's Aaron Rodgers, and he's probably leaving Green Bay. You got Brock Purdy, who won't be back for probably. I mean, we don't know what kind of elbow injury it is. If it's going to be a like serious type of like you know strain tendon or something that keeps them out for six to nine months nobody knows yet because of course they weren't in the super bowl so nobody cares about the 49ers but that's going to come out at some point because if the 49ers get aggressive trying to get a veteran quarterback to come play for them for a couple you know whatever like hey we just need you for the season or hey we just need you to, to brock purdy's back um whether it's trey lance because who knows what's going to happen with him if they don't make that trade if they try to you know make jimmy garoppolo stay and sign him for another year but with all of that change in the nfc Aaron Rodgers is probably going to the AFC because they're not the Jets already or the uh, Packers already say we're not trading you to the NFC. We'll see you to the Jets. We'll see you to the Raiders, but not the NFC. So the 49ers are out of that. Does that make Kirk Cousins a top three quarterback in the NFC? When you think about Jalen Hurts and then who? I mean, if you look at the NFC, you got Jalen Hurts because every other good quarterback is in the AFC when I thought about it. The Bills, Josh Allen. You got the Bengals, Joe Burrow. You got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you got uh, what's his name, Trevor Lawrence. You got the other kid, Herbert. Like all those guys are in the AFC. Does that does that put Kirk Cousins in the top three in the NFC now? Because just retirement and, and transition. I'll start with you, Tatum. Yeah, I think he was in the, at least the top five last year, right? He's top four. He was top four of the season. Top four of the season. I see Gabe smiling because we talk about this quite often. <laughs> I, 
Yes, I think you have to at least. And, and that's actually when you were talking earlier about the four guys, you think, you know, they're the new wave of these generational yeah. quarterbacks. I was like, hey, I'll take three out of four being in the AFC. Let's go. Right. They are. Because, yep. You know, Kirk, we don't there's a lot up there. He's here for another year. And I think I think, you know, he wants to be here, which is always good. And you see the success that you can have. And, and like Sam said, filling in all the stuff around him. Yeah, I think he's top three. Um just for the sheer fact that he is a, you know, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. It is a different take on it though, because if you see like the way the league is trending, I think quarterbacks that play like Kirk cousins are slowly becoming a little bit more less popular than quarterbacks who play like Mahomes and hurts. And I mean, even Joe Burrow has a little bit of mobility, obviously Josh Allen does. So I, I do think just as, as a matter of just a process of elimination that he's top three in the NFC for sure. Gabe, I saw you laughing. What's your thought? Yeah, uh, Tatum and I talk about this a lot, and uh, <laughs> she gives me hell for it, and I and I respect her take. Uh, no, I just love making uh, Gabe just makes me laugh with his <laughs> how he feels about it. <laughs> so, like right now, I'll probably go Hertz as one, mm-hmm. two. I would go Matt Stafford, and Ooh. three, three. It, it's I will probably put Kurt three A three B with Jared Goff, just based off how Jared Ooh. Goff played last year. No, no Prescott. Um, no Prescott in your top nah, four? Nah, Dak is trash. I mean, I'm, 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 <laughs> shady, I'm Shady McCoy. Yeah, I'm about to say, Dak, is that Dak Shady is, back there? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, right, right. Um, Dak, Dak is, no. So Kirk, yeah, like I, I would say he, he definitely had his, in my opinion, his best year of his career as far as if you watched every single game and didn't look at stats, Kirk played phenomenal last year, but so did Jared Goff. So yeah. did, well, Matt Stafford when he wasn't hurt. And then you got Mahomes. I mean, Jalen Hurts was in the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I, I think the only thing that's missing from Kirk's game is just kind of that that improv, improvisation, right? Like that if Kirk had a little bit of improv, like you can put him as a, a top five or a top eight quarterback in the NFL. That's literally the only thing he's missing. But he he showed a few spurts last year where you can say, okay, maybe Kirk can do this. So I'm I'm interested to see can he continue that trend for next year? And then, you know, I'll probably put him a little bit higher, but yeah, Kirk is one of 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the NFL that that can win you games. And at this point, if you are a GM or owner, you just want a quarterback that can put you in positions to, to keep you uh, competing in in close games. And I think Kirk can do that for you. And real quick one, Sam, what you got? Yeah. Um, the quarterbacks that I think you might've ranked above Kirk going into last year. And you, you might not have, like if you're Ron, I think you were always a Kirk guy, but a lot of people would have put Kyler above him, Prescott above him and, uh, Stafford above him. Yeah. That was when Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp dunked on me this off season and he put Kyler Murray up there on top of my tweet. Like he tweeted on top of my tweet, um, which appreciate it. Shay Shay. Cause you, you got me up to like 2 million views. Because everybody else wanted to follow up. But then, like, as people, as the season went on, I loved re-looking at the comments. Because then people start going back, like, hey, Shannon, wait a minute. That Kyler Murray kid ain't looking better than Kirk. That that <laughs> that, that Prescott guy not looking better than Kirk. Like, you, you picked all these guys, you know, that Russell Wilson guy not looking better than Kirk. So, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, man, he's a QB whisperer. The best head yeah. coach for a quarterback is a former quarterback. I hate to say yeah. that. Uh, Frank Wright got a raw deal with a back carousel, right? He got a carousel of quarterbacks. Um, but a lot of backup quarterbacks who become head coaches tend to do pretty well. And that's why Kevin O'Connell, I think he knows how to help Kirk out. I think Kirk's next step 
He's going to have the grills. He's, he's going to have the ice. Uh, I think he needs to take some CBD gummies with a little THC in it when Minnesota legalizes it. Uh, I got some five milligram joints upstairs. You take four of them. That gives you 20 in your system. You'd be nice and calm. But I think the improv, he needs to go on wilding out with Nick Cannon and just learn how to improv. Somebody throws something out there. Make me laugh with it. Like he needs to let go and just have fun. Like Tatum said, the 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 seven on seven type of flag football where the guy is running unevaded. How do you get rid of him? You spin out. You do something. You know, creative. And I think that's where Kirk just needs to have fun. Like black backyard football. Like we all remember playing like backyard football or dodgeball. You just let your body go. You just like you just have fun. And I think that's that. Kurt's coming. It's coming though because I think he was in a shell, and now he's coming out of his shell. You know, it reminds me of the Ninja Turtles. I hate to say it, but it reminds me of the Ninja Turtles after the green goo got on them and they came out of their shell and became these like <laughs> superhuman, like laughing Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Like, I feel like Kirk's Kirk's coming. Like his Ninja Turtle days of having fun, it's coming. Like he Kevin O'Connell has told him, like, dude, just have fun. I don't give a crap what happens. Let's go in here and have some fun. So I think that's next. But coming up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Four of us are gonna have a little fun with it. We're going to take 30, 40 seconds each, and then we're going to get out of here. But before we do that, I want you guys to remember, you can check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Mechstrom on Locked On Sports. You can also, sorry, we also have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, today's show brought to you by Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, here we go. It's the time of the show I love. It's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes for each question. Take it away, Sam. And I'll buzz you when you get to one minute. I will not hesitate to to buzz the crap out of you. So here's the first question. And, Ron, I don't know what order you want to go in, but if you could give out one big free agent contract starting in March, what position group would you add to this Vikings team this offseason? You get one big contract. Which group are you going to um, add depth to? I'll start it out. I'll let these two think about it. Uh, I'm going to go corner. I just think if you can get a, a cornerback out there uh, that is a top-level guy, I mean, there's a lot of guys uh you know that possibly can either be traded for or move i know brian flores like like gay brought up he was a db coach sam mentioned that as well um I, I think he knows some guys out there he probably wants and i think that's gonna be key if it's not that it's a dynamic uh i'd say like a a, a tweener safety nickel type of guy that can play the nickel but then also play a little safety and, and help you out there because again these offens the team they're playing they're going to need that. So I, I would just go defensive back. I hate to say it. And in the draft as well. I think you need to load up and get aggressive. Gabe. Yeah. Um, since you said cornerback, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball because re- receiver, I, w- I would spend some money on a, a game-changing player that can make some plays down the field but also can stretch the field. Ron, you play receiver, but you were 6'4", uh, jump ball receiver. Like if – if teams were double teaming you, that means someone else was open down the field. And if you True. can get somebody that can put respect on that player to open up more opportunities for JJ, I think this offense makes that next step. Um, both teams uh, in the Super Bowl had two big time targets. The Chiefs, um, you had uh, Kelsey, and then you had, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? 
uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Both of those guys were making plays towards the end of the game. And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. The, the Vikings are missing that second big-time receiver. Yeah, we got Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne, but I think both of those guys are complementary guys on third down that, that you can target. But you, you need another big play threat down the field. Tatum. So, <laughs> yeah, Ron, I it. wrote down, because we got these questions a little bit ahead of time, I said a, ve- a veteran man quarterback, because we all know Brian Flores loves his corners to be able to play man. We talked about the blitzing. So I do think you need that in there, because if you don't go with Patrick Peterson with some veteran presence, there's nothing but young guys back there. If that's how you go in the draft, you're going to need someone to, to help bring those guys up. I think there's a lot of promise and potential with a couple of the cornerbacks from last year's draft, like Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth Jr., but I do think you need somebody in there. And I think that's that's the biggest glaring weakness in this team. We talked about how bad the pass defense was last year, line 400 yards. I do think that you got to look right there. Yeah. Keep Next, Sam. Yeah, I um, and I would say also that cornerback, you could maybe get one very high in the draft. It's an extremely deep cornerback draft. Maybe you can get by getting a, a, a new corner there and then spend that money on like defensive line. But that's just me. Um, Which 2022 Vikings rookie do you think has a chance to develop the most in 2023? Oh, that's a tough one for me. I am going to go with Brian Osamoa. And I just think in this aggressive type of defense, if he's going to stick to a true 3-4 uh, that's a guy that can come in and play the Mike or the Mo linebacker. Well, probably Mike more so than Mo, um, and and roam the field a little bit, play a little two man where he spies the quarterback, allowing Eric Kendrick to maybe get up in the A gap a little more, uh, lo- allowing Jordan Hicks to become maybe a true outside backer at times. So, I feel like there's got to be some 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 ways to use a dynamic speed guy, especially if it's just getting after the quarterback. Uh, when you look at Hassan Reddick, I mean, he was only 200, he's only 233 pounds and he created havoc coming off the end. Uh, and it's all about speed. So I, I love to see Brian Osamoa uh, be utilized a little bit more in this defense. Tatum. Yeah. You completely just, you know, took my pick yet again. That's okay. I, I think, I do think Brian Osamoa is an exciting grab because he is, from the is, is playing the position that Brian Flores just came and had a ton of success in just one season with TJ Watt. Guys like that, that uh this I think it was like six rushing touchdowns they allowed this year. It was there's some crazy sets that I was actually trying to pull that up right now, but I thought Gabe was going first. So I was gonna pull that up. But but <laughs> I would also say Brian Osamoa, I do think Lewis Seen is an exciting thing as well to watch yeah. because obviously we know that uh Brian Flores started out as a safeties coach and knows the position so well. And I think not knowing and not seeing too much from Lewis, obviously losing to the job, losing the job out to Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith and knowing his future. I think that's also kind of a promising guy to keep your eye on. Yeah. Gabe. I'm going to go a Caleb Evans. Um, He's already a man corner. He's long. He can run. He can play press man. He can play off man. And, he reminds me so much of a guy that Brian Flores traded, well, signed in free agency in Miami, and Byron Jones. Uh, the cornerback they had there, he was like 6'1", stupid athletic, long arms, could run. And I think a Caleb Evans is going to make that step from year one to year two just simply because of he's, he's had the experience. He's not afraid to put his head in the play, but he also is long and fast enough to be able to cover your top receiver. So I'm excited to see what he can do in 2023. What you got next, Sam? 
Yeah, the correct answer was Jalen Naylor. Sorry, nobody gets a point for that. Uh, Feel-good question to end this thing. Let's put a bow on the NFL season. What was your favorite moment from the 2022 NFL season, whether it was Vikings or otherwise? It can be around the league as well. Uh, my favorite moment, uh, was watching the world come together all for DeMar Hamlin, like seeing something that brutal happen and seeing the world come together. Uh, it was, it was, it was good to see because everybody was able to put their differences aside. Uh, now, of course, once it all played out, now we're back to conspiracy theorists and all the crazy people are back. Uh, but for a while, everybody was all praying for DeMar. Everybody did not want to see this happen. Uh, everybody was trying to figure out, like, how do you move forward? Uh, seeing the Bengals and the Bills, both coaches just say, screw this game, we're done. Um, not putting, you know, because back in the day, Gabe knows this. Somebody gets hurt, they can break their neck. All right, let's give yeah, them five minutes and then let's yeah. play. Um, seeing two coaches really say, you know what, man, like this dude died and we bought him back. So I think that was a cool moment to really see life being put over football. Uh, even though there were some weird tweets out there, Skip Bayless and some of these other people, uh, but it was great to see uh, that take place. And, and another good one for me has nothing to do with it was a football player, but it was basketball with Shannon Sharp, like Shannon Sharp at the Lakers game against T. Morant <laughs> like that. That still to me is the funniest thing ever, like how everybody like became football versus basketball. Like, oh, man, football players were wrecked basketball players. Y'all don't want to fight us. Like it just became this lifelong like battle. So those are my two favorite moments from football season. Let's go game. Yeah, you, DeMar Hamlin, that's the that's the obvious one just from, I mean, literally dying on the field and then him just, I mean, that, that story is still kind of still kind of fresh to me just because of just all the emotions that ran through the entire world during that moment. Um, like the first thing I thought of was his mom. His mom was at the game. Uh, she drove with him to the game. And then for her to see her son like that, I'm just like, I can only imagine that. And just seeing how the overpouring of, of love and support for, for that young man uh, during that moment. I think like, like Ron said, it, it brought literally the entire world together, at least for a moment. And that's kind of what we strive for in sports just to get people's minds off of what they're going on in real life, what's going on in real life. And uh, to have that moment was by far my favorite moment. And then two, uh, the LeBron James, Kareem, Abdul, Jabbar, the edit. Um, with, oh you yeah. Know, Blocking people it. Saw, you know, of course, yeah. LeBron, you know, all-time leading scorer, but somebody made that edit of Kareem <laughs> blocking the shot. Like, that was by far the most hilarious thing I've probably seen in a couple of years. So, yeah, those two moments. <laughs> Tatum. Um, I would have to say it's not really a moment. It's just being able to watch Justin Jefferson play the game and have exactly. a front row seat. Um, he's going to be the greatest, and I have no doubt about it. I uh, – have been on the MVP, JJ for MVP train for a long time now. And I think it'll happen eventually. I think we got one step closer Vikings fans to making that happen. And I uh, obviously just really excited to see what his future holds. Hopefully he stays in purple and gold and, and just being able to witness history being made at all corners. You never know what's going to happen. And I think that's kind of exciting as, as a football fan, as someone who works in the organization gets to watch it like I said, a front row seat, it, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And I think it's something that I definitely don't take for granted as, um, as it unfolds, you know, you sit back and you kind of think about it. Um, and then my lighthearted one was I will never get over Kirko chains as, as much as it became this like taboo thing and kind of maybe a little annoying to a lot of people towards the end, which is totally fair. I still think just 
when it was happening, I just remember look, watching it on Instagram live, but being on the plane and being like, so that's what goes on. In the front, <laughs> right. Like I was just sitting here being like, okay, this is a really weird inception moment, but quite hilarious. And I, I think that, but I think that's also to, to Kirk's credit, part of the letting himself go more, maybe, um, you know, he just sang on stage the other day. If we could get Kirk mm-hmm. let loose on the field, like he let loose with Kelly Clarkson, you never know what'll happen, right? Yeah, yeah, and he could sing too. He could sing. Kelly Clarkson was surprised. Yeah. Sam, what's what's sing talking? Let's not like you know mail this home and give him a Grammy or something. I mean, he, he did sing he high school musicals growing up, so true. Yeah. He can yeah. yeah. sing talking. It's the key. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Sam, beautiful. What's your what's your moment before we get out of here, Sam? Yeah, just the the yo yo of emotions of the Buffalo game. Oh, Justin's catch. Oh, they're gonna win. No, they're stopped. Oh, they got a fumble recovery. Oh, the Bills tied it. Like back and forth, up and uh, that was unbelievable. Now I've never seen a game like it. Yeah, and I don't think we'll ever see another one like that or the Colts. Like those two historic games, yeah. people are gonna remember. Hey, if I'm on the one yard line let's go shotgun and I'm gonna just throw it deep. Like I just got to keep throwing it and then punt like, or just punt. Don't even try to like get out the end zone. Let's just punt. Let's just punt this thing out. Like just don't do it. Cause if we punt it, we probably win this game and they probably would have, if they had punted the ball there, they probably went games over. Like, cause yeah. I don't, I still don't think the Vikings had a chance to come down and actually score a touchdown. Like that was crazy. But I want to thank everybody for joining us today. I want to thank Gabe Tatum, Sam, you guys were awesome. And remember, people, if you want endless Vikings talk with local experts, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos and our shows and instant podcasts after every game. You'll have the Vikings press conferences delivered with all the biggest news. As soon as Brian Flores steps on, on, onto the scene, we will have that press conference for you. Like our videos and leave your comments in the section below. Thank you. And have a great day.